We are talking Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard. Now, we're going to have a look at the commodities, Stephen. Um, yep, uh, we'll have a look at the commodities here. The gold price, not much move in the commodities really. The gold price is uh, $1,698 an ounce this week. Um, you know, it's 49 cents difference an ounce from last week. I probably still can't buy that ring, but anyway. You could. <laughs> you could get a slither. Of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and although I was in the jeweler shop the other day and someone's got some uh, um, those... Um, Oh, pink argyle diamonds in a ring for sixteen hundred dollars. I was surprised how, how that would little be pretty. Yeah, yeah, that would be print. beautiful. Still out of my I, league, but I, anyway. I told my wife we can't afford that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, um, and then the uh, copper price was eight thousand nine hundred dollars a ton, which was up seventeen dollars and forty nine cents. And the crude oil price was eighty two dollars forty two. It was $82.42 a barrel, which was down 89 cents. So, so overall, there's no, no movements in the commodity markets. Um, the Australian dollar was, was up a little bit again um, this week, uh, up 70 cents to $78.27. Uh, the British, the Great British Pound was, was down um, 2p to 56.29 pence. And the euro was um, also down to euro cents to 63.04 euro cents. Um, so not a great movement in the Australian commodities. A little bit more cheaper if you're going across to the US on a holiday, but but not much. Um, the equity market was 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 um, uh, was pretty much steady on the week. It had a few ups and downs, but we, we compared to the end of last week, we were down 43 points to 6,032. The S&P index in the U- US was up 49 points to 2,726. And the UK FTSE index was down 17.8 points to 7,157. Um, and some stock prices that local investors have an interest in is uh, BHP, uh, which is uh, $28.78, was, was down $1.32 on the week. Um, CBA um, was down uh, 26 cents on the week to $75.80. And NIB was down 2 cents on the week to $6.95. And surprise, surprise, Telstra managed to make a, a rise of $0.04 cents to $3.36, which is a fair while since Telstra's gone up. Mm. Mm. I'm probably they've exported everything to their call centre in India or somewhere. <laughs> Interesting. So that's our currency. Uh, and, the, and the fuel price. Um, the fuel price at dollar thirty nine point six, which was down three cents a week. Down leaded at dollar thirty point seven in Sydney, which is down ten cents. And the diesel price in Newcastle at dollar thirty seven point eight, and Sydney at dollar thirty five point seven. So not much change overall, really. And welcome to the show, Henry Jennings. I've just found out that you're a bit of an actor. Stephen's been letting all your secrets slip while off air. Oh, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and in a band. What what instrument do you play? I sing. Oh, well, there you go. You might be able to sing the weekly update one day for us. Well, Sarah, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure your listeners would really be that interested in my singing of the update. Well, Sarah was saying what a nice voice you had, and I was just telling you, you're a professional. Not, not in a creepy oh, I way. Don't about, I don't know about professional. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think, uh, I think I'm a long way from being professional, certainly with the, with the singing, but it's a lot of fun. Well, there That's you go. The thing, That's eh? your night job, and by day we're talking about the marketplace. We are, we yes. are. So what's happening in the marketplace this morning? Um, you know what, Stephen? It's really boring at the yep. moment. Yep. Really boring. I, I looked at the market, and we've had a lot of volatility. Volatility is back, mainly on the back of uh, these uh, so-called trade wars. Uh, 
Friday, the market is up two points. Mm-hmm. So um, there's lots of up and down. We've had 40 downs and 60 ups and 40 downs, and now we're up 30 today. So um, <clears throat> it's um, excuse me, it's um, it's pretty dull. Um, reporting season's finished. Um, everyone's sort of head down trying to work out what they should buy and what they should sell, which is being made more complicated by uh, uh, Trump's and his tweets um, on trade tariffs. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just um, a little dull. Volumes are quite low. Um, conviction is pretty low as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's just an interesting time, I guess, at the moment as people try and work out which way to jump. Yeah, I know. I was trying to work out what we can talk about this morning, and there's not that much <laughs> happening. But you know, CBA, CBA's got a new rights, a hybrid issue coming up. Yeah, they've got the it's it's the tenth version of uh, pearls, the P E R L S, which is a hybrid security. They're looking to raise about one and a quarter billion. Um, hybrids have been very uh, very popular with uh, with retail investors. They're not without their risks, and they are a little complicated. But the um, the CBA treasurer uh, Paolo Tanucci um, is um, is expecting strong demand for this one, and uh, he reckons that the risks uh, to investors uh, is kind of misplaced, and that people tend to have other riskier um, kind of assets. So um, he's pretty comfortable. But then he would say that he's the uh, treasurer of CBA at the moment. But uh, certainly, I'd imagine it's going to be pretty popular. Um, they pay around three and a half percent over the bank bill rate. So, um, you know, for those investors looking for a, a, a little more safety than shares um, and a little more return than bank deposits, these uh, these do appeal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, um, I'm sure it'll get away, and I'm sure that oh, yeah. it'll get away. Yeah. I'm also yeah. sure people don't quite understand what they're buying, but anyway. No, well, that's, that's right. It's, it's you know, they're, they're very complicated. Um, they have been very popular. People just see them as, you know, sort of... Um, a gilt-edge kind of investment, yep. but I, I think you have to be a little bit more circumspect, but um, certainly um, been very popular. And I'm sure there'll be a disclosure document in each thick that no one will understand. Well, no one will read, no one will understand. It'll just kill a few more trees. That's right. And so BHP looks like they're going on another overseas adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're looking at Mexico this time. Um, so there um, there was uh, one of their guys, the head of petroleum, a guy called Steve Pastor, uh, uh, was speaking in Houston at a, uh, a conference. Uh, he was saying that they're looking at opportunities in Mexico where there's uh, high-quality deep-water acreage. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, interesting for BHP because at the moment they're trying to uh, get out of their shale business that they bought in the U.S., um, which was one of the things that... Um, their activist shareholder Elliot uh, Advisors was uh, was keen for them to rid themselves of. Um, so yeah, yeah they're, they're proceeding along that path with the um, with the share with the shale sale in the US. So yeah, interesting that they're heading for Mexico. Though. Yeah, I hope it turns out a bit better. But anyhow. yeah, well they did, they did pay twenty odd billion for uh, Petrohawk, which was the kind of the foundation of that US shale business, and uh, I think they uh, they probably paid about ten the wrong price. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what's ten billion between friends, Stephen? That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's when you're a CEO. That's what amazes me. These CEOs, they they go and pay ten billion too much, and then somebody else writes it down over the course of a few years, and the CEO still gets a massive paycheck for wasting ten billion dollars of company money. We're yeah. in the wrong job. Shareholder money. It's yeah. we're in the wrong gig. Mm. Yeah, they only bought that right off with a big t- payout, didn't they? 
They always do. Yeah. Even when they stuff it up even more so, they ride off into the sunset with a, you know, another holiday home at Palm Beach or um, uh, or Terrigal or wherever. I mean, it's, it's just such a great gravy train if you can get on it. I'm, I just want to get on it, Stephen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And so what about retail food? They might be looking for a new CEO soon. This one this concerns me, this story. This isn't such a gravy train, unfortunately. Not anymore. The gravy's well, dried this up. Is, this is a, this is a, a tale oh, of woe. A tale of woe, and yeah, the donut, uh, the donut people are very much on the nose at the moment. They're the guys that have the franchise operations for things like Donut King, um, Crust, um, Michelle's Patisserie, Gloria Jeans, all that thing, and they have spectacularly stuffed up the business. I think it's fair to say they've got a lot of franchisees that are running really uh, hard to keep uh, their head above water, not doing very well. All the profits go up to the um, the head office, which has caused a lot of consternation. They wrote off, I think it was 138 million bucks in their brands. Wow. Um, big loss, no dividend, closing 200 stores. Uh, one broker's come out today and said they might have to close 400 stores. Uh, um, and the share price has just been decimated. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be class actioning and all sorts of things. It's going to be so much fun. Um, you know, the share price a year ago was $5.50, and now it is $1.20. Wow. Yes. So, well I, don't want any, well, I don't want any of those well, I, places to shut. I think no, I think no. the shareholders still be, might be better off than some of the franchisees, from what I've been seeing. Um, I think the shareholders have done pretty badly, but I think the franchisees have done way, way worse. So, yeah, it's, it's just all a bit of a mess. I guess it does bring into question the whole franchise model, and we've seen that with uh, with Domino's as well. Um, they've obviously had some issues. We had 7-Eleven, um, Caltex, which has franchised um, retail stores at their, at their petrol stations and things. Um, they had a pretty damning report this week as well on, on the treatment of their franchisees, and as a result, well, not as a result of the report, but um, they are buying back all their franchises that they have out there, which is going to cost them, I think, about 100, 120 mil in the next three years to buy them all back. So they're all company-owned in-house. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a kind of a bit of a minefield, I think, at the moment, and best to avoid. Yes, well, we might come back and talk about another minefield in a minute where the chairman's walked the plank this time. Henry, you're back. I'm back. I'm just watching you two on the studio oh, webcam dancing and bopping around the... Oh, yeah. Oh. We're giving you a wave. I can see you waving away. Can't come in my boardies anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, please do. You'd fit no, in. You'd fit no. in with the Beach Boys. Uh, yeah, you would. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so the Vocus uh, uh, chairman's not coming in at all anymore. I understand. So he's no. There's uh, the times. They are a changing at Vocus. It has not been a happy uh, happy camp for some time. Um, the CEO is uh, on his way out. The chairman is uh, making room for a new chairman to come in, whose uh, name is Bob. I've been everywhere Mansfield, um, uh, and uh, he is, uh, some listeners will remember that he was, that was a terrible joke, wasn't it? Um, he he, um, he was the, the guy. Truth, no, well, it's not far from the truth. He, um, he is Mr. Telco, I have to say, so that is promising, and I think we may have seen the worst for um, Vocus, maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, um, Bob Mansfield is coming in as non-exec chair, um, and there is going to be change. He was the man that started Optus. Um, he was responsible for that, and he was also uh, a chairman of Telstra um, for a little while. So he has... Uh, well, he has been uh, everywhere, man. He has been everywhere, and he's had a pretty illustrious career. So I've kind of thought, that you know, you don't want to sort of enter the twilight of your career with a, with a 
a, a real disaster on your hands. So, you know, he must have seen something in the in the focus thing. He has been a director there for uh, the last year, a non-exec director, but he's moving up, stepping up to the plate, and he's going to become the chairman. So, um, yes, that's um, I think that's quite interesting anyway. Mm. Do the big stars see a chairman get a payout? Of course. Oh, okay. Of course. Well, what would you, you know, what would you imagine? Mm. You know, that's that's the way of things, Stephen. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I've actually, I actually spoke to one of my legal friends and said, can you actually do a prospectus to say that the directors are just going to take all the money? And he reckons you could draft a prospectus like that that would comply with the law, and I think he's probably right. I think I've, I've, seen, I've seen many mining companies that have a prospectus that look exactly like that. But we'd actually have the statement in there. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Well, they they usually, they're usually a little bit more um, subtle, but yeah. there's a lot of mining companies that have very very highly paid management and boards, and all they do is they drill a few holes every year, um, and they raise some money and they call it you know, a company changing operation oh, or yeah. or drilling campaign, and they tap shareholders on that. They just continue. They're called lifestyle yes. businesses, yes, yes, that's right. um, and they, and there is a lot of them around, unfortunately. I yes. have to say. And, and down at Fairfax, uh, the NZME, they're trying to renegotiate the terms to try and get their merger approved again. Yeah, so um, Fairfax are doing a merger with uh, Fairfax Media and NZME um, have said this week that uh, if the appeal is successful, um, the parties intend to negotiate a new agreement. Um, so they want to, um, to realise the significant benefits of merging stuff and NZME. Yeah, OK, mm. fair enough. You're right, Stephen. There's, there's not a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, down at, down at AWE. Oh, come on, you're going to make our listeners no, turn off if you keep talking no, about no, that. Well, this, this, this is a cracker. I know, I know you're going to talk about AWE. AWE, yeah. I, I've lost track of how many takeover offers we've had there. It must oh, be three. It's, it's been Four. so much fun to watch. Um, and uh, it gets even more fun because at the moment there is a bid on the table of, I think it's 95 cents from Mitsui, um, which uh, is the kind of the, the last uh, man standing after the other two have dropped out. And there is an activist shareholder who is urging shareholders to not take the money because he believes they're worth a dollar ten a share, which is fine. You know, we all have our own opinions of what it's worth. But embarrassingly for this guy, James Dunphy, he sold most of his shares in AWE last year at um, 83 cents. So if he thought they were worth a dollar ten... The question would arise, why would he want to sell all, well, most of his shares, 90% of his shares, he had 200,000 shares, sold them last year for 83 cents. That looks stupid to me. So um, what's his background? Uh, I don't know. No. He's, a, he's no. a shareholder, he's ex-Credit Suisse, oh, okay. and he's ex-Molis. Oh, okay. um, so, um, you know, he obviously has been in, been in the industry yeah, for a while, but, um, you know, you can't say, hey, guys, I've sold my shares, but I think they're worth a lot more. That makes it look like a, like, like a, a dork, really. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, goose is the word, and especially when, uh, you know, this looks pretty much a done deal. AWE are trading at you know, 94 and three quarters, and uh, the bid is 95. So, you know, it's, um, it's pretty much a done deal on that front. And uh, the... the Energy Minister's not happy with AGL's proposal for, for, for Liddell? He's never going to be happy, is he? Let's face it, Josh Feinberg is never going to be happy with anything that these um, gas and oil companies do, energy companies do in Australia. So he's not happy.
happy with AGL. They've committed uh, basically to closing Liddell, um, but replacing it with renewables energy. They've got, I think, there's a three-stage um, process to replace all the, um, the the lost capacity that Liddell will um, will give away. Um, and they've really committed to stage one, but have not really committed yet to stage two and three, which is um, a bit of a concern. The government still seems to be running around saying that they fixed the energy market and you know everything is um, everything is cool and uh, all your bills are going to go down. Well, I've got to say, I haven't seen much evidence of that yet. Well, well, if you saw you saw it in Australia last the weekend, Energy Australia's profits jumped um, 61% to $630 million. Yeah. I, 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 you, you understand this, Stephen, being an accountant, but I, I did this the other day. I had my, um, my tax return back from the ATO, and they sent me a receipt, a tax receipt, thanking me for my contribution to the Commonwealth, which was very sweet of them, um, outlining the f- fact that the Commonwealth own, owes $501 billion, yeah. which is... Which is quite a lot of money um, and they go on about balanced budgets but they don't talk about the 501 billion that they currently own and then what, what I found really interesting was they broke down oh, the tax I paid yeah, yeah, yeah. into what I'd spent it on yes. which was really interesting welfare was the biggest with yep. um, mm-hmm. with aged care the biggest part of that welfare thing mm-hmm. but I think coming in sort of 7 or 8 was interest on, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on the 501 billion so um, yeah, it was quite. I've, I've never seen that before. You're obviously. Um, uh, I uh, think it started last year. Well, there you go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, was, it was kind of in, interesting to see uh, to see what my money goes on. Yes, uh, welfare. All right. Yeah. Okay. Henry Jennings, thank you very much for um, all that information today. We appreciate it. If you want Henry's free trial. Yeah, you can subscribe at marcustoday.com.au. And look, if you've got any questions on personal investment, taxation, the stock market, we've got the man in the know right here. So please give us a call, 49216216. Now, Stephen, looking at um, teaching children financial skills. Um, yeah, it's very important to teach uh, to, to teach children some basic financial skills. Otherwise, otherwise they get to be, you know, eighteen and, and really don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and the schools don't the schools don't tend to teach any of this. I no, mean, not at no, all. Do they? Even simple things. When I used to go to school a long time ago, there was the the Commonwealth Bank used to come in and you used to put in ten cents a week or twenty cents. Okay, do your banking there. Yeah, the I bank remember used to that. Come around. Yeah, 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 yeah. They used to come around. They used to give you this card and they'd stamp an animal on you. Yeah. Yes. But but uh, that that what that did was 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 apart from the CBA locking customers in for life. Is that was smart. Uh, yeah, smart. Smart marketing it seems to have been forgotten about. And and and, and it taught the children to save. Yeah. So, yep. so that so that doesn't happen. Very true. Very, it doesn't doesn't happen, happen anymore. So, as parents, Stephen, like, what age do we start? I mean, with our little one, he's only three, but obviously, um, for him, it's buying a treat. So, I give him the money, well, <laughs> hands over the money, and gets the change. So, that's very well, basic. That's, that's but... the same thing. I mean, that's the same thing. You give him the money, and then when he wants something bigger. Or, or you give him the money and he wants two treats, he has to learn that he's only got enough money... For one. For one. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then he has to pick which one which one he wants. So, so that's all part of, of, of learning. And, and, you know, and if he wants, when he's a bit older, if he wants some toy, you, you need to teach him to save up for that toy. Yeah, okay. So that's the, the saving side of things, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's learning that, you know, to get stuff, you, you have to try and save up, uh, save up for the money. And and you know I don't I don't think that 
that's done much these days. Mm. So do you still recommend the, um, you know, the pocket money for doing X amount of chores around the house each week? Um, there's, two, there's a couple of skills on thought on that. I, I, I don't think it personally hurts. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think it hurts. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yep. I think you should give them some money, you know, that's not linked to anything, and, and then just some some pocket money if they do if they if they do they do extra stuff. Okay. So, what other practical skills do we need to be? Well, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think it hurts to um, I don't think it hurts to get the kids to open a, an account in the, in their own name. Um, a couple of the local financial institutions got special children's accounts, and you know. When the, when the child's down the street with you, you can take him in and deposit some money. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know one of them used to give you a money box, which we had for our child, and you put the money in the money yeah, box. Yeah, got one take, too. You take the money <laughs> box down there and they'd count it all up. Because so, uh, with our kids, though, when they get older, it's probably all going to be done electronically. <laughs> what money? <laughs> oh, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. It'll be a long time before that happens. Oh, we've got Pauline on the line, and she wants to speak about shares, Stephen. Pauline, what's your question? Hi, Stephen. Hi. Um, I've got some Qantas shares and I want to get rid of them. How do I sell them? What do I, what do I do? Okay, you just need to find a stockbroker, open the account with them, uh, that you'll need um, some identification um, for, uh, uh, you to, for the anti-money laundering. So you'll need your driver's licence and one other piece of identification, your Medicare card or something like that. That's what we do. No, it links the register. Oh, right. Oh, okay, okay. So you'll you'll need to go into the break. You'll need to go to the braking firm with your your your, your driver's license, uh, your Medicare card, or this is what we typically ask for, and the the holder statement. Hold, okay. I've got that. Yeah, the holder statement, and yeah. uh, sign the forms to open the account, and I'll do the transaction for you, and you'll. You'll get the money within a week. You know, it t- usually takes a day to open the account. By that time, you have to do any money laundering checking, sell the stairs, and then they'll give you the money. It's straightforward. Oh, you've still got to open an account to sell your shares. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, thank you very, very much. And That's then it. off to Bali, Pauline. Oh, it's not enough. So, <laughs> oh, so how did you bugger. get them? Say it again. How did you get them? Uh, when they had the public share offer in um, 1995. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 So it's not worth a lot, and I just sort of uh, get rid of them. Okay. So, well, you just need to, you just need to, to, uh, to, to contact the broking firm, and and and, and they'll do that all for you. It's but just you. remember to take the ID in there. Okay. And I go on the net and get a a broking firm. Well, you or if you're going to have trouble, you can find our place in Hamilton and go in there. All right. Now, Pat, you've got a question about one steal for Stephen. Oh, good Good afternoon, Stephen. How are you? I'm good, Pat. I'm good. Now, How are you? I'm good. But I'm not, I was being curious, so I thought this is the day I'll, I'll ring up. What happened to um, the shares in uh, One Steel, Ariam? I've never seen any mention of them in the paper for a couple of years. And um, I wondered, is, did anyone buy them out or have they just gone broke? Oh well, Arium, Arium itself went um, into uh, administration, I think, uh, some, ah. some form of external administration, uh, and the administrators basically sold off the the steel businesses and the various assets to some um, 
uh, Indian company by the name of Liberty House. Um, uh, I, uh, if you're an Arium shareholder, I, I don't know what your position is, but I suspect I suspect the shares are probably valueless. Oh, isn't that terrible? I mean, it was such a, uh, you know, quite a lot of Newcastle people must have had shares in them. And uh, yeah, it's just you'd think somebody would have sent a letter to the shareholders and say, well, sorry about that, but don't well, know, I, with I, I the Indian company, have... wouldn't they have paid to Arium? Wouldn't they have got bought the shares from Arium or are they not worth anything? No, they would have bought the assets out of the company. Oh, right, then, I see. And there was various banks that were lent money, so I assume they would get first first chop and if there's anything left it would go to the shareholders. But, but you know, if you're a shareholder in Arium, I'm sure they would have written to you and given you some contact number you can phone them. No, well, they have in the past, but not for a couple of years, no. Yeah. Well, I think you should give them a buzz. <laughs> and so, but there is still what somebody in South Australia called One Steel, isn't there? Yeah, well, that'd be the Indian company now. Oh, I see. Right, yeah. trading under that name. Yeah. So can Pat contact them or not then, Stephen? Well, she wouldn't t- contact them. She needs to first yes. go to track down where, find out who the administrator was and yes. contact them. Oh, okay, good. Well, thanks very much for that. Okay. All right, good luck, good. Pat. We're going to go to Tom now, and you've got a question about corporate bonds. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, I've recently heard about the corporate bonds, and um, my wife, she's not a risk taker, and I'm, I try to tell her it's not like buying a share. Is, is it possible that you actually can lose on when you get corporate bonds? Oh, yeah. I mean, so basically a corporate bond is you're lending money to a company. Right. Okay. So it would depend on the company. So there's yeah. there's, a, there's a raft of um, corporate bonds listed on ASX now under the code um, XTB something or other, depending on the first three letters of XTB and depending on the type of, of, of bond issue there, the company that's issued. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, you know, depending on what level of risk you take, um, the corporate bonds will pay an interest rate depending on um, the perceived risk. So the, the lower the interest rate... Um, well, the higher the risk you take in respect to that issue, the lower the lower return you're going to get. But you know, there's some there's some floating rate banknotes there, um, which you, you're probably going to get. Um, you know, high two percent. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. Uh, so you can you can lose money on corporate bonds. Yeah. Right. Okay, thanks, thanks very much. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Now, uh, Warren, have you got a comment to make about corruption in Australia? Yes, basically, uh, my name's Warren, I live on the Central Coast. Um, everything you look at in Australia, and also the gentleman you just spoke to before, every system you look at's got a form of corruption. My personal opinion is that um, you look at politicians, you look at the way they do democracy today, and they pay people. Like the Prime Minister pays a million dollars to Nick Xenophon to pass a bill. I'm very sorry, but that's not democracy. And also... Yeah, well, Everywhere I, you look, I, I it's really, the same I, avenue. Yeah, I, I, do you agree? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. You know, we want to get into any political debates here. I mean, what what, what happens in the political world? And I, I don't think Malcolm Fraser would have paid. Nick, uh, sorry, uh, Malcolm Turnbull would have paid Nick Zinnavon a million dollars personally to pass a bill. I find that hard to believe. But anyway, we no, really no, can't not be... personally. But yeah. the thing is, it, it puts in people's idea, it puts a form of corruption. The same as the Commonwealth Bank. The boss of the Commonwealth Bank knew he was taking billions of 
illegal money or dirty money through his business and then his retail managers in the same boat so it continues and you look at the next one it's somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else we we really can't get into that i mean you don't he he should have known i agree that the ceo of the cba should have known that that was occurring but whether he actually did or not is another question Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some interesting comments. It's all coming back to um, politics today, Stephen. We've been having chats off air about politics. You didn't want to talk about that anymore. And now it's it's coming back on air, my goodness. Look, um, let's just quickly recap before we leave today. um, Talking about teaching children financial skills. Look, I guess the question is when should you start saving for your child's future? If you want to save some money on your child, the, the earliest the earlier the better i mean sure. I, I did i did a bit of calculation here so if you if you want to save the equivalent of one cappuccino a day which i think is about four dollars um and you save that save that every 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 day from the child child from the day the child's born is four dollars a day to the time the child's 18 you'll have saved about twenty two thousand five hundred dollars now if 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 you then instead of saving it put it into a share fund or something and it earned 8% over that time and the magic of compounding interest here um, or compounding returns, you would end up with $52,109 at the time they were 18. That's a good start, That's isn't it? That's a good start. And it's cost you a cappuccino a day. Wow. So when you simplify it like that... Well, basically, we've put in 22000 and we've got 52000 back. It's the magic of compounding your returns over a longer time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. So, so if you can afford to save a cappuccino a day... Um, you'll end up with 52000 So you're saying that, you know, don't just put it in a bank. Um, you know, you wait, should wait, be investing. Wait, wait, wait till you get $1,000 and invest it in one of the, the, the share funds that are around. Okay. Okay. Um, and then um, invest it. They'll start. Wait till you get 1000 and then start to invest it. So what's your tip for people that really don't know a lot about shares? How do they start going and doing a bit of well, research themselves and well, finding they, out what, they, what would they be They need good? to just look at a, one of those share funds around to, to, with this amount of money on top, top of this thing. There's a few. There's quite a few around that will take savings, savings plans with them. Oh really? And yeah. so you just go, you just go and speak to the share. Speak to the advisor, or, or, or and and you can just set up a share plan, and you know they'll let you put in regular contributions by BPay generally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's really. And and would you would you do it regularly, or would you then save another thousand and put it in? Ah, uh, once you've got the thousand, I just do it regularly. Just do it regularly. Yeah. All right. Really good advice, Stephen Pritchard. I think that's all we have time for today. Been an interesting show today. Interesting. It always is, Sarah. Lots of is. lots of different topics covered. Uh, you will be back, obviously, same time next Thursday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.